Hello, friends. It's your old pal, Ariel Hawani, back with another edition of DC and Hawani. And as always, we got a lot to talk about, my friends. So much going on in the world of MMA. But first, I did want to let you all know about a great podcast done by the ESPN legend himself, Mr. Scott Van Pelt. Have you heard of the SB Pod? It's a tremendous listen. If you like nonsensical sports talk and just listening to guys being guys, then this is the podcast for you. Again, it's called SV Pod, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please do leave DC and Hawaii a review. We appreciate it. It's all we ask. Thank you in advance. Now on to today's program. And as always, a reminder that listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Now making their way to the microphone, DC and Helwani. So when you make it, do you stay where you were raised, like DC, or do you move? Oh. See Ariel. Ooh, Dustin lives next to Whole Foods. Here's Daniel Cormier and Ariel Helwani. Back in your life on this second week of November 2020. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of DC and Helwani. That's DC, Daniel Cormier. I'm Wrong Helwani. side again. Wrong side no, again, but it does right not side. matter. This Wrong is no- side again, but it doesn't matter. I'm Ariel Helwani. DC, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm back, back home. I'm yeah. back home now. I mean, when's the last time I did a show from here? I mean, we haven't been using it. like a month. It's been a while, right? We yeah. haven't been able to see the beautiful DC and Helwani logo. Yes. Like, I mean, I'm ready to be back. I wanted to be back in front of my red glove, you know? And I'm happy to be home. Yes, uh, red glove for the uh, the A side. Uh, I, I, I conceded that to you. And, of course, here I am in front of my backdrop as well. DC, so much to talk about this week. We've got so much to get to. I love this show, by the way. The topics are great. It's an eclectic mix of topics. But I would be remiss... If I didn't wish, uh, you, we didn't talk yesterday. You actually ghosted me. We'll get to that later in the program. But uh, yesterday was uh, National Cappuccino Day. So I had, really? Yes, I had one in year. In the U.S.? In okay. the U.S. and Canada. <laughs> but even better than that. National today, Cappuccino Day? Today, D.C. Did you know that today is National Louisiana Day? What? Yes. We got There's a Louisiana Day? National Louisiana Day recognizes the state that brought us such treasures as jazz, Creole, Mardi Gras, and of course, the great Daniel Ryan Cormier. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Happy Louisiana <laughs> Day. That's what I'm talking about. Did you jazz, know that? Jazz, Creole, not Creole, whatever yeah. they are, Creole, and, and Daniel, red beans and rice gumbo jambalaya there are a number of things that the great state of louisiana has produced none greater than the new orleans saints because after last night we're riding high i know you buffalo bills fans are so happy you won seven games for the first time in 20 years but we just did what we're supposed to do so when everybody's happy about tom brady and oh my goodness antonio brown's on the team now and they're going to the super bowl everybody before the game give me your picks Tampa Bay across the board we laid the smack down on them drew Brees led the boys oh when the saints go i got marching in 
Hey, oh. shout out to Jameis. What the? What do you do there? The W in the mouth? I don't know what that's all yeah, about. Yeah, eat that dough. Yeah. Eat that <laughs> w. <laughs> okay. In any event, uh, National Ooh. Louisiana Day. Uh, you know, a uh, very happy to all of yours um, and you, of course. Now let's talk about another guy who had a a big dub this past weekend. Let's talk about the forty-one year young Glover Teixeira. Wow. Glover Teixeira turning back the clock once again. He has won his fifth fight in a row at 41 years young. This man, who not that long ago was getting pieced up by Alexander Gustafson. Remember that fight? Knocked out, getting knocked out by Anthony Johnson. Remember that? Now here he is weathering an early storm and a late storm from Tiago Santos. Looked to rock him early in the fight, late in the fight, gets him via RNC in the third round. And so this, okay, first of all, let's just let's just give the man his due. Glover, I didn't see this coming from Big Glover, one of the nicest guys in the game. I didn't think that he would still be a factor at 41. Are you impressed? I mean, I'm so impressed. He's doing it better than the rest of us at 41. I mean, think about it. <laughs> Glover smashing everyone. I remember when he fought Misha Serkinov, and Misha Serkinov was supposed to beat him, and that was going to be the nail in the coffin, right? Glover takes his dude down, goes to town, and finishes him. And then the performances kept getting better and better with the bigger the name was. Now, when these guys went up for middleweight, they all had media success. They ended up fighting for the belt, fought very close against Jones. But again, it's a bit muddy. The water's muddy, right? Because when you get the right matchups, you get into a title fight. But you got those guys like Glover hanging around, the guys that have been around forever, the guys that are lifetime 205 pounders, and Glover's putting those dudes in their place. It's insane to watch him weather the storm and just truly implement a game plan that he's done since day one. And I remember when Glover Teixeira lost to Rumble Johnson, he had kind of fallen in love with the power. I remember he had won 18 in a row, fought Jones mm-hmm. lost, yep. didn't even try to get a takedown with Jones, got beat up, pieced up. When he fought Rumble, he remember he started falling in love with Mike Tyson. And it was all the hands, right? Glover was going to knock you out through the right hand left hook, got knocked out by Rumble, reinvented himself. Now he wrestles. And when he's wrestling, as he's wrestling, these guys have nothing for him. And he dominated Tiago Santos. This fight, I, I heard my man Dominic Cruz, who's one of my great friends and I love him, he goes, but how do you judge the first round? I'm like, Glover Teixeira won the first round. He beat the crap out of Tiago Santos. And then in the second round, got hurt, got almost stopped. But you always knew that the moment Glover found an opportunity, he was going to end up on top and do what he does. And man, so impressive. And, and you, you watch these fights. And you watch Glover almost get that choke in the end of the first round. You think, how soon until he goes back to that position? Mm. One moment he got on top, I mean, his jujitsu looked fantastic. Wrestling, he's, he's tough, man. And he, he is really continuing to fight at the highest part of level of the sport at 41 years old. It's very impressive. Look, Santos is a great story as well, coming back from those knee surgeries. Yeah. Um, uh, 500 days almost after his loss to John Jones, an inspiring loss to John Jones. But to me, it was all about Glover. Uh, Santos did look good early in that first round, so we have to give him credit there. Here's my thing, right? And I don't want to judge these guys harshly, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what, do, what what's looking good? Him dropping Glover? Yeah. I mean, Isn't it, that fair? Well, no, it, it, he got he landed a shot, which okay. happens. And because he's such a powerful guy, he heard Glover to share. I don't dislike um, Tiago. I think he's a great guy. But what's looking good it wasn't anything sustained he knocked him down got taken he enjoyed down. success how about that he enjoyed success he, he had a moment of success in okay. the fight in the first round and in the second round before as long as that fight went third Logan round was winning 
right? right. Glover Teixeira was winning the fight and winning the fight impressively. And uh, yeah, it, it, I, I don't know, man. We got to start. We got to start managing how we measure success in the world of mixed oh, martial arts. I like this. I like but, this. DC coming out hot. You're saying that we're giving out too much praise, huh? That's so, what you're saying. I'm saying because people have moments, right? And I think that because of the story, Tiago Santos being so inspirational and going and coming back after all that time, it's like he knocked Glover down. But that wasn't sustained. Glover Teixeira won that fight, and he dominated that fight. Uh, Glover Teixeira, the sixth oldest light heavyweight to uh, to score a win in the UFC, but that wasn't really the story. The story going into Saturday, DC, the story going into Saturday, which we talked about last week, was, all right, so Dana White announces seven days before this fight that they're going to go with Israel Destinia versus Jan Bachovic, the light heavyweight champion, for the next light heavyweight fight. Is he moving up from 185? We debated this last week, all that stuff and more. So the story to me going into this fight between Glover and Tiago was, could the winner, and in this case it was Glover, do enough to convince Dana White and Brass to change their mind? Could he do enough to make them call an audible, right? That was the story to me going into the fight. Now I'll ask you, did Glover Teixeira do enough to make the UFC call an audible? So when ideas start to build momentum in the mind of the boss, in the, the organization, it's hard to really get them off of that course when they're going down that path. But when I watch Dana talk about the fight after and say, I don't disagree with Glover, I think now it becomes a matter of when are Jan, when is Jan available? When is Israel available? Jan coming out publicly and going, he deserves it. Izzy can wait till he, that's great for Glover. But it's hard to really get the organization off that path of, oh, this is the next big thing whenever it starts to come to fruition, especially when Monday morning you you hear uh, we may do Israel versus Jan in the world blow ups. Right. If it's met with a little bit of lukewarm reaction, eh, maybe. But when it, it when it blows up and it gets as hot as it does and mostly because of what may come next, because listen, Izzy Jan is a great fight. But what Izzy Yan does, it puts you a little bit closer to what may come next. The oh, That's the big, it's two big fights, right? That fight leads to two fights. It leads to Izzy Yan, Izzy Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, Glover Teixeira, I just don't know if that'll be enough. I would hope so. I want to make, I want to be very clear. I hope Glover Teixeira gets the fight for the title next. But I ultimately understand that Glover wins that fight. What happens now? You know what I'm saying? What happens now? It's not as much as John and Izzy and then Izzy versus Jones. Well, luckily for you, uh, I'm a, a big time journalist, a big J, if you will. And I spoke to both Izzy and Jan last week. So I got a sense for their timelines and what they want. Jan says he can't fight before March. He can't fight before March because he's having a baby and the training situation in Poland right now with the lockdowns isn't great. Izzy is itching to return in February. So that's why in his tweet, he said, if Izzy can't wait for March, I'll happily give the fight to Glover oh, Teixeira. Okay. That's why he said that. Okay. Thanks for watching my interviews. I appreciate it. Now, <laughs> um, here's the thing. Let's play out the scenarios, right? Because we do have to acknowledge that meritocracy doesn't always win in this sport, right? It's a yeah. business at the end of the day. They're trying to sell the most amount of pay-per-views at the end of the day. Does it make more business sense for the UFC? Because I agree with you. Glover deserves the next title shot. The next time the light heavyweight title, I want to make this very clear, is defended. Glover Teixeira should be fighting. But that's not the world that we live in. It's not a very fair, clean world, right? 
So and if you're going to talk about what makes the most sense, it has to be Adesanya. Champion versus champion, him going up, the idea that it could lead to Jones, it will top Glover in that way. And it honestly makes the most business sense, but Glover should be the guy fighting for the belt. Well, let me ask you this then. Why not call the audible? And for our international fans, this is a football term. You know, you change the play, you change the direction. Why not call the audible to Izzy versus Jones, Jan versus Glover? This is your chance. Why not? Doesn't that equal, in the end, aren't we getting two kicks of the can here? Now, Glover, Jan, is it the big time pay-per-view fight that Izzy Jan is? No, but hey, you could get Izzy, is Izzy Jan bigger? Well, you get two, well, you get two. Because yes. here's the deal. You get two pay-per-view. You can get two pay-per-views out of one. You do Jan Glover with the light heavyweight title on the line. That still can main event a pay-per-view. Can it? If it doesn't do great. It'll right. still do something. Yeah. But then you also get Jones versus Adesanya. No title needed to main event this pay-per-view. Here's the issue. Here's the issue. If you do the one fight, you get there quicker. And for the people like myself who love the build, you don't get Izzy getting the title and then that being a part of the story with him and Jones. But there's no guarantee he gets the title if he fights Jan Behovitz. So it's like you run the risk of him losing. And if he loses to Jan, the whole Jones thing is like almost, it's not nearly as uh, big if I'm being right. You know, no, so it, no. it might as well get him in there right now. Just as you said, it's dangerous to have Jones in there with a heavyweight and then try to bring him back to fight Izzy because you run the risk of him getting beat. So um, that works. It does work in that sense, but I just don't know if they're going to do it. But DC, aren't you pleasing everyone if you do this? Because let's be honest, who's clamoring right now, as fun as it may be, for Izzy versus Jan? Who who was talking about this yeah, 10 days ago? Yeah, until they said it, right? Until, until they, they said it. And when it was said, the reaction was like, oh, but again, I truly believe the reaction is not for what right happens right now. It's for what comes of it next. And I think people get excited anytime you get a step closer towards Adesanya versus Jones. But that's what I'm saying. Make everyone happy. I'll tell you who's clamoring for Izzy versus Jones. The world is clamoring for Izzy versus Jones. So you do Izzy versus Jones. Izzy doesn't have anything at 185 right now, especially considering the fact Bro, that Darren Let me Tilt tell you is- something. This is another thing. Robert Whitaker. He has something. Robert Whitaker, poor Rob. Like, poor Rob. Yeah, Rob got I, thrown under the bus, let me bro, tell you. Poor Rob. Like, Rob wants to fight. And I'm so happy to see Rob come out and say that last week. It's out of character. Not Robert Whitaker. He's not a guy that beats the drum, right? He doesn't right. make noise. He takes his time. But last week he goes, hey, make no mistake about it. I want this fight. And I'm not going to fight anyone else. I should fight for the title. So he does have something there. It makes sense. Um, Ariel. Go back to my career. I got beat by Jones in January. I fought Rumble. I fought Alexander, I think. I was scheduled my next fight to fight Jones. There's only two fights after that loss that I was right back to fighting Jones. Had a lot of the same elements as Adesanya versus Whitaker. The bad blood like each other. One guy won the fight. So it's not like winning two fights can't get you back into a position to avenge a loss. I think, I think Rob's story... And the way it is getting uh, overlooked, quite frankly, is really kind of bad. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza, better because it has to be. So in the end, DC, what do you think they do? What direction do you think they go in? In the end, do you think they say, Glover, you're a nice guy. We like you. You know, yes, in a perfect world, you deserve it. But you're going to have to wait because DC, can I just tell you something? If Izzy fights Jan at 205 and wins the belt, Glover is not. He's got to go back to 85 to defend that title. Either 85 or heavyweight. That's the problem with these these moving up weight classes fights. That's why I like the UFC to stay away from them. Even though they can be fun, it muddies the waters. It holds up divisions. It makes things a little complicated. And it frustrates guys like Glover who deserve a crack at the title. So do you think that happens? And if I'm Glover, if it does happen, I'm kind of screwed. I'm about to be 42 next year. Yeah, can't wait a, around. rough for Glover. I, I sympathize with Glover. I want him to fight for the championship. But what I think happens is he ends up in one of those uh, reserve situations where he's in training camp alongside those two guys hoping nothing goes wrong. And um, if a guy falls out, he fights. If not, he kind of gets paid his show money and, and then has to kind of wait. Sucks, yeah. but it's the truth. So maybe a guy like uh, Alexander Rakic. A guy like him. I'm not Who's, doing that if I'm Glover Teixeira. I'm not doing that. I'm what, not you're going to wait? This position. No, I'm not doing that. Oh, I'm that's waiting. crazy. Get paid, I'm not man. doing that. If I'm Glover, I'm not doing it no more. I'm really? not doing it. He's fought everybody. He he has earned his title fight. I'm not doing it. I'm waiting. I'm going alongside with them. At as 41? You're going to wait? One years old. No, nah, wow. yeah. I, he can't wait. Bro, he cannot go fight one of these young dudes. I mean, he just beat Jose Tiago Santos. 35, 36. Before that, he beat... He beat um, Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith, yeah. who's mid-30s himself. They just keep getting younger, bro. The yeah. guys just keep getting younger from now. And, and the, he keeps fighting these young guys, and eventually one of those guys will get him. I mean, he almost got knocked out Saturday. That, that's how close he was to not being in the position he's in today. I'm waiting if I'm Glover. So in the end, you think they go with Izzy versus Jan? Yes. They continue with that plan, and, and Glover just kind of has to either wait or take a fight if he wants to. And, yep, take a fight or train alongside those guys and hope someone falls out. Right. Nah, it's unfortunate. And uh, certainly you would think that he deserves it. By the way, shout out to the old guys, uh, because in the co-main event, Andre Olofsky, who's also yeah. 41, won against Tanner Boser. They became Glover and Andre, according to ESPN Stats and Info, the first pair of UFC fighters 40 or older to win in the main and co-main on a UFC card. So, I mean, if, if you're asking me, it felt like they were sticking it to you. They were saying, look, look what we could do. You know, we could win fights oh in our 40s and you can't. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me, but yeah. maybe you read Let me it tell you something, man. When you're scheduled for 11 championship fights in a row, you know, <laughs> when you're scheduled for 11, when, you, when your last 11 fights are scheduled for five-round championship fights, it's a little bit different. That's a different 41, you know, because I you know, I was fighting all the biggest, baddest dudes over and over. But here, hats off to those guys. Um, Andre, for a guy that just could not take a punch earlier, he's doing fantastic. Now I'm not happy for Andre. Andre's one of the first guys I trained with when I started doing this thing. And I'm really? Very happy for both of them. Yeah, he came to AKA and trained, and all I did was wrestle him. Couldn't I stand with a good strike. I wrestled him the whole time, and he's like, this isn't sparring. This is this dude trying to wrestle me the whole time. So uh, he's a good guy. This is when he was trying to, like, figure out his career? He went to AKA? Yeah, back in, like, 2009. Back, like, 2009, wow. he was at AKA. And, um, I didn't know that. He was training there for a little bit. And, yeah, all I did was wrestle him. It was He was like, this isn't training. This is this guy trying to wrestle me the whole time. Okay. Well, it sounds like you're saying that fighting Stipe is, isn't the same as fighting Tanner Boser, which seems like a crazy, uh, you know, <laughs> statement on your part, but uh, nevertheless. I mean, listen, yeah, it's a little bit different. I was okay. fighting 11 championship fights down the stretch is uh, from 35 to 41 straight down. 
Okay, enough puffing your chest out. Let's talk about uh, some other news that happened. Uh, late Friday, DC, unfortunately, we're not getting Jack Hermanson versus Darren Till on December 5th. We are getting Jack Hermanson versus Kevin Holland, DC. Kevin Holland is attempting to become just the third UFC fighter in the modern era. And what I what do I mean by modern era? I mean post-Zufa when they stopped the one-night tournaments. So third UFC fighter in the modern era to go 5-0 and in a year, right? In a, in a single year. The other two, Roger Huerta did it back in the day, and Neil Magny did it as well. well somebody, somebody, I mean, a lot of fighters now are trying to just be as active and busy as they possibly can. And there's another guy or someone that's fighting again very soon that's going to have that opportunity. But that's crazy with the level of competition that if Kevin gets past or Manson, that he had to do it by defeating. So, but here's the thing. Number one, is this, let's be honest, he hasn't been fighting the Jack Hermansons of the world, right? Like he had that moment with Izzy. Izzy's reply was basically like, yeah, like you're not really in the conversation. Is A, is Kevin Holland ready for those kinds of guys? Like all respect to him and respect to Hermanson, who by the way said five people turned him down. Uh, so I feel for the guy, but do you think Kevin Holland is ready to make that? Is he a player at 185? Well, let me pull my deal up right now. I'm trying to... Uh... Oh. I'm trying to look at Kevin Holland's record uh, going forward and who he's fought. Now, I know the kid is extremely talented, but a lot of times all we need is an opportunity, right? As fighters, every single time you walk into that octagon, you believe that you're a better version of who you was before. So to Kevin Holland that lost to Brendan Allen last year, I'm sure he thinks that he's better today. And by getting in there with a guy that is a submission threat like Jack Hermanson, proving that he can go with him and, and not only survive that but beat him, tells him that he is exactly where he needs to be to challenge for a championship. These are the moments that these young guys hope for, man. And I don't know if Kevin is ready for it, but this fight and this type of matchup will prove whether he is or not. But hats off to him. you know. Hats off to Kevin for, for stepping in there on short notice in such a dangerous fight. And hats off to Jack. For even taking it, because that's one of those fights where how much do you have to gain by fighting a guy like Kevin Holland, who's long, dangerous, can strike, can stand, um, when you're the guy that's like right around the top of the division? I spoke to Darren Till briefly on Friday. He said, I asked him, did the old knee injury just not heal properly? What's what's wrong? You and Darren Till actually talked. Oh, did I just break kayfabe for a second? Yeah, you broke kayfabe. What are uh, you doing? What are you talking about? You know better my than guy. this. Come on. This whole thing's my... been going on for a year now. <laughs> I thought Darren Till was going to have to beat you up. I was going to have to defend you. Oh, my Wait, God. you guys talk. I don't know if you know oh, this, Oh, my DC. goodness. DC. You're pulling Habib, the curtain back Habib, too much. Habib, Habib and I talk every day, too. Habib and I talk. Huh? I'm, I'm friends with all these guys. Even Habib and I talk. Wait, what? <laughs> Come what? on. Come on. That's fake news. Fake news. That's not real, man. You're not talking about Habib every day. All right, fine. All right, um, all right, all right. So, so he told me, because I asked him, you know, he had knee surgery. Uh, I said, did it just not heal or did you re-injure? He said it was a bit of both. So hopefully we see him back. He handled it very well, sent good wishes to Kevin Holland. Here's the big question to me going into this fight, DC. I don't think we have ever been in recent memory, since at least I've been doing this, this late into a year where there isn't a clear-cut fighter of the year. 
this is crazy in the male divisions, right? Fight of the year. There is, is it possible if Kevin Holland wins his fifth <laughs> fight in 2020 that Kevin Holland is the male fight of the year? We could go down the line. Like usually it's a champion, right? DC? Usually it's a champion yeah, yeah, that yeah. has the okay. Steve fought once, right? Gilbert, uh, Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns has to be in the conversation. He's fought two, two or three times. The, the Gilbert Burns fight in 2020? The guy hasn't fought in like eight months. I mean, let's he be fought honest. twice. He fought in June. He yeah, fought in you better, you gotta chill with the Gilbert I just, Burns. I'm gonna say, come on, Gilbert, no, Burns, like, Gilbert Burns went from being the Cowboy Cerrone of of the UFC to being like, I'm just gonna squat on my because title it's his title okay, fight, right? Let's so just I understand, but like, I think Gilbert Burns is in the conversation yeah. because higher level, the high level of competition that he fought. If Kevin Holland gets past Jack Hermanson, yeah, but but here's the issue, man. Anytime you have guys that are fighting for championships, immediately it just jumps a guy that's kind of fighting. Now, Davis and Figueredo. The kid, I was right? bring him Davis up. and Figueredo fights and beats uh, um, Alex uh, Perez. Perez. Now you're looking at a guy in Davis and Figueredo who knocked out Joe Benavidez at the end of last year, right at, right no, at no, the very no. end, right? Early this year. He's, he'd be three. Was that up. in December or January? February. Okay, in February. He knocks him out. They don't give him the belt. Right. Comes back, beats Joe B up again, gets the belt. He beats Alex Perez impressively. Now you're looking at a guy that's a champion that's fought three times, that won the belt, defended the belt. You kind of lean towards a guy like that. Points because he missed weight. Yeah, but then going back and beating Joe in an official title fight in the way that he did, and then say he looks impressive against Perez, how do you deny that? So I would like to think that there's a world – that we live in where a guy like Kevin, who is now starting to make his way up the ranks, can become the fighter of the year. But I don't think that that's possible right now. There's not a clear-cut answer. And there's another one. I'm surprised you didn't mention him. Your boy Hamzat, the Hamzat, right? If he still, wins on December again, 19th. Still again, no. though. I just think that we're not, we don't live in a world where a guy that isn't holding the championship is considered fighter of the year. Go back. Go back to 2015 and you tell me fighters of the year if you can remember them. You seem well, to remember all this stuff. Yes. Lest who, we who, forget. Who, lest like, we forget, DC, my fighter of the year last year, unless you want to count the BMF title as a real title, was Jorge Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal was wearing a championship. Oh, like, Jorge Masvidal was wearing a championship. <laughs> so it's like exactly what I'm saying. So last year, Masvidal, but yes. Masvidal may have won it on years. But at the end of the year, most people said that who was the, the fighter of the year? It was between Masvidal and Izzy. Israel Adesanya, right? Who was also I thought Masvidal did enough. 2018, myself. 2017, yes. who was it? Oh, man, think about it. You're putting me on the spot. You're putting me on the spot. It, it, it's always a champion. It's always See, a champion. Yes, that's, I don't think we live in a world where they're giving fighter of the year to guys that aren't wearing champions. Okay, so so that's the thing. Like, okay, 125 is Figueredo. 135, Piotr Jan. If he wins, what about Piotr Jan? Or if Aljo wins, could be in the conversation, right? December 12th, they're fighting. Could be Aljo. in the conversation. But it's not clear cut. Aljo beat Sanhagen. Who did Aljo beat in the beginning of the year? That's it. So it's two and zero. No clear cut. Okay, one forty five. Volkanovski will be what one and zero. Not clear cut. One fifty five. Khabib one and zero. Gaethje could. Gaethje would have locked it up if he would have won. If he would have beat. Yeah, but he but he he didn't. One seventy. One seventy. Usman only fought once. Eighty five. Izzy. Is he in the conversation? Two and zero. Is he fought twice? He could. Is he fought twice? But the Romero twice? fight, everyone bagged on it. I think at the end of the year, when we look at the 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 fighter of the year candidates, it'll be Davison, mm-hmm. Izzy, mm-hmm. Bohovic, mm-hmm. and uh, 
maybe like a Hamza Chimaev. Like one guy will be in there that doesn't have a championship if he beats Leon Edwards. But yeah, it'll be one of those champions, man. Sorry, Ariel. I know you want to live in this fairy tale world where everything is cupcakes and rainbows, but <laughs> hey, sorry, it's not cupcakes and rainbows. You got to be holding 13 pounds of gold most times to be considered the fight of the year. I'm just trying to say if he wins his fifth fight of the year, he should be in the conversation. I also acknowledge it's never been this wide open this late. Like usually no, by now, never. like you just beat Derek Lewis in early November, you locked it up, right? Yes. Masvidal just beat Nate Diaz in early November. It's usually, by the way, the MSG fight, like Connor beat Eddie, he locked it up, right? It's usually yep, the yep. MSG card, which would have been this past weekend. Very, very sad. And it was a beautiful weekend in New York City, but unfortunately we're not getting that. So anyway, uh, you know, respect to Kevin Holland for stepping up. And I think yes, it's a really, really massive. interesting fight going down. That's December 5th. So that would be the... Uh, what would it be the third to last card? Cause we got the 12th and the 19th. Now uh, DC, that wasn't the only piece of news. Uh, we actually got some news uh, earlier this morning. Kayla Harrison is, uh, is allowed to fight for another promotion. She of course, being the face of PFL, she's been given the green light to fight just one time for Invicta on November 20th. But what's most interesting about this is, and she'll go back to PFL next year. They're expecting to return in May. She's fighting at 145 DC, not 155. Are we opening the door to a potential teammate versus teammate title fight in the near future? Kayla Harrison versus Amanda Nunes. Here's the interesting part about this. I think there's layers to this, right? First off, smart by PFL. They should let all these fighters, when they cancel their season, mm-hmm. they should give them the opportunity to go and compete other, other places. Now, you don't allow, obviously you can't let them go fight Bellator or UFC or anything like that because then they're stuck. But all these other organizations, Lance Palmer should be fighting somewhere. Mm-hmm. These guys should be taking fights in other places just to supplement their income. I know they're getting a little monthly stipend, but yeah. it's probably not enough, right? But for Kayla to go to 145, this was the weight class that people got excited about her being in when she started fighting. But I was like, well, she's a little too big. She might not be able to make the weight. Tells me that Kayla's very uh, disciplined, very focused on the task. She obviously still has to make the weight. But her taking on this task as an Olympian tells me that she's going to do everything in her power to ensure that she makes this weight. And um, she gets to 45. Her Amanda, her or her cyborg, there's some interesting fights, and that weight class starts to look a little bit more like alive when someone like Kayla Harrison enters it. The last Olympian, judo Olympian, to go into a weight class like that, broke down the barriers and got women into fighting in the UFC, the great Ronda Rousey. I think there is a uh, desire to fast track her. Do you think she, okay, let's say she wins this fight. And by the way, the last time Kayla Harrison weighed 145, she was 17. She told me this. She was 17. She's big. She's a big, strong girl. But is she? does she have the skill set to even hang with a Amanda Nunes right now? I, I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even force her in there right away. You could take mm-hmm. your time. You could take your time. Even if she came to the UFC, right? You give her a couple fights, match her up with uh, uh, Felicia Spencer. You match her up with a... Uh, a Megan I mean, Anderson type. Megan Anderson. Like those t- I mean, and we can't discredit Megan because... She's fighting for the championship, so you don't know if at that point she'll be the champ. So I think you take your time a little bit with Kayla. Give her a little more time to mature in the fight game and then see what she really can become. Because what you don't want is her being a one-trick pony when she gets to the top of the sport because they get exposed in that way. Yeah, so so it's interesting because I believed and I said that the 145-pound division is on the line on December 12th, meaning 
If Amanda Nunes beats Megan Anderson, she will have wiped out the division. There's no one else. If Megan Anderson wins, now you can talk about a immediate rematch in 2021. It breathes some new life into the weight class. I wonder if her fighting at 145 on November 20th, her being Kayla Harrison, maybe gives the UFC a little bit of pause. Maybe this thing is worth keeping open for another year to see, because she can't make 135. That's for certain. No. Maybe so, you keep it open for an extra year. See, because Kayla Harrison, to me, is marketable. She's fun. She's got a tremendous backstory, two-time Olympic uh, gold medalist. So I wonder if they keep it around for her. Some other news and notes just very quickly before we transition. Uh, Mike Perry is going to fight uh, Tim Means on November 20th, unfortunately. Excuse me, 21st. Uh, that's the pa- next pay-per-view. Unfortunately, Robbie Lawler had to pull out. So it's going to be Mike Perry versus uh, Tim Means. On that December uh, 19th card, we're getting Wonderboy Thompson versus Jeff Neal. So a big-time fight for uh, Jeff Neal at 170. And we finally get to see uh, the NMF, the nicest blank, blank, uh, wonder boy Thompson. Uh, how about Carlos Ulberg, a, a CKB product winning on contender series last Wednesday, uh, looked phenomenal in the cage, but also is just a tremendously good looking man. I mean, let's just be honest. <laughs> I mean, it was good. He can fight too. Like you should be good looking and not be able to fight. And there's a problem. He did a no. good job knocking um, his opponent out, but the, the contender series last week was insane. I mean, those knockouts, we're crazy. The kid that just, I mean, two kids just stepped back and kicked each other in the face uh, with a front kick. This When Anderson did this to Vitor, we thought it was the most amazing thing we had ever seen. It happened twice in one night at the Contender Series. I've always said, Ariel, this is the, I mean, this is the greatest place to try to go find talent because guys just lay it all out on the line because they're trying to earn these contracts. It's fantastic. I'm excited about November 21st. I get to watch Mike Perry fight. I also get to watch his girlfriend corner him if they're doing that still. I mean, I don't know if that's happening with her being as pregnant as she is. Darren Till as well. But I would love to be there as she corners Mike pregnant. (laughs) They they actually added another layer. They upped the ante. They upped the ante to this whole story, Mike and his girlfriend. Um, I'm excited about uh, Wonderboy and Jeff Neal. These are great fights. And the Tim Means Perry fight is a great fight because you know those guys are going to kind of go out there and just let it all fly. It's going to be fun. But, man, can can Jeff Neal, the, the hands of steel, the young prospect, the good-looking kid, looks just like his father, can he put another performance like he's been putting out? Because if he does, Ariel, Jeff Neal will truly start to come into the light as a real contender in this weight class. But dare I say, nothing made you more excited. Nothing was more exciting to you than Mr. Beast in 25A winning his Bellator debut last Did Thursday. Did you see that? Corey Did you Anderson. see my guy? I you mean, see my wow. guy, Corey Anderson, do his thing? <laughs> Did you see him out there? Had some brand new Jordans on. He's like, thank you, DC, for the Jordans. He was looking fly. You know, normally you see Corey. Corey got on some camo shorts. Corey looks like he's always in the, in the woods, you know. But he went out there. He looked kind of nicely. Styling and profiling. Styling, profiling. He realizes now he's where he can be the man. He understands that he can go be the man there. And he's carrying himself in that way. Um, I got to work with my boy on the post-fight uh, interview a little bit. Yeah, still, he was know? a little bit. He was yeah, a little <laughs> Corey, we got to go court, my brother. <laughs> we got to kind of work on the post-fight interview. Call me. Call yeah. me. You know, I answer the phone for you. I'll help you out. But performance-wise, look fantastic. I mean, Melvin got up in his face. Melvin looks so big. But uh, he did his thing, man. I was very happy for him. Great job, Corey. He should be fighting Vadim Nemkov, their light heavyweight champion. Right next, away. Who's, who's a great... But I hear they're going with Nemkov versus Phil Davis. And I'm just being honest. Like, I love Mr. Wonderful. That's not the one that gets me excited. Like, go, already, go with the they, hot they hand. Already, right? They thought it was a yes. close fight. And it, wasn't it was even... a close fight. But the reality is, for as much as we love Phil, um, Phil's a great guy. The new guy. 
I mean, because go with the hot hand again. You have two fights. You can get two fights out of Corey Anderson. You yeah. get the Nimkov fight, and then why not Phil next? It's and then Bader. Like you get all these fights out of Corey Anderson coming into Bellator. Like I, I think they got to do. Uh, I think give him the, give him the fight with Nimkov. Let's see how. Uh, Nimkov's really name? good. What's his name? Uh, Vadim Nimkov. Vadim Nimkov. Let's see how Vadim Nimkov does with uh, with Corey. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Okay, so that was good news. Unfortunately, we got some bad news uh, late Sunday night. Uh, we found out that a main event that was supposed to happen this coming weekend, which I was so excited for. This was such great matchmaking. And the timing was so great, right? You have Khabib retiring, supposedly, for now. And you have his understudy coming through in his first main event against the former champion RDA, who's always a tough out, who fights anyone who doesn't get enough credit for that main event in Las Vegas. You've been, you know, saying that he's the future of AKA. He's the next champ. Islam Makhachev. Everyone's so excited to see him in this spot. He's been having some tough times finding a big time opponent. And here he is. And then we find out late Sunday that he is out of the fight. Uh, is there, I'll come to you, Mr. Journalist. Is there anything you could tell us about this breaking news? I haven't really spoken to him about that. Like, honestly, I found out just like you guys did yesterday. We were on a group match me and I'll be making fun of each other about a wrestling match. So um, I, I, I only imagine because I know that, you know, Umar Nurmagomedov was in the hospital with a bad staph infection. Yeah. Uh, Habib had the mumps. Um, I think, I, I mean, other people may have had it. And when Islam says it's something that's affected the team, because I think that's what the translation was on his Instagram, that mm-hmm. everybody's kind of come down with it. I, I, I think it might be uh, mumps or something. I don't know. I haven't spoken to him. Okay. I'll shoot him a message and see. Uh, you want to call him right now, maybe? It sucks that he is no. not um, I'm fighting. Because now what? You know, we had this timeline, right? Like last week, I gave you the timeline. I was like, let's do one now. Let's try to fight before Ramadan. And then when he comes back, hopefully he's in the title picture. Now that all gets pushed back, and hopefully he gets one before Ramadan, because you know uh, he'll be going away. Yeah, and I, I feel bad for not only Islam, but I feel bad for RDA as well because well, this was unless RDA who again I I love how forward these guys are getting now because he goes, Hey Michael Chandler, yeah, right? He's like, Hey, there's no chance. Happen. No chance. It won't happen. Zero but at chance. least he shot his shot, right? Hey, Mike, these guys aren't just waiting because guess what? Maybe it doesn't happen this weekend, but maybe a card in December, they go, you know what, Chandler, you do need a first fight. Former champion, big name. Maybe it happens. You don't know what happens when you try to speak it into existence. Like, but that. we need we need a main event for this weekend. So you kind of have to keep RDA on this card, right? I was thinking maybe like, how about like an Alex Hernandez type who looked good a couple of weeks ago, right? Got back on track. He's always game. I I, I feel for RDA because I agree with you. He's shooting a shot. If you're Michael Chandler, you're not taking this fight. Like, why would you even entertain? But, but this is the thing, though, right? Like you're saying, you're not taking the fight. Yeah, I was just we were just giving credit to Jack Hermanson. For saying okay, Kevin Holland, sure, I'll fight this you. Is a, this is but six th- days' notice. Yeah, no, I'm not. T- I'm not talking this weekend. I'm oh, saying I'm talking, I'm offer, talking this weekend. No, I'm talking no, this weekend. That I, I think RDA might be in trouble for this weekend. I don't hmm. know if he's going to be fighting this weekend. So, who's the co-main event? Like that? Who's the co-main event? Because that might be what has to happen. I don't know for a fact, 
But if I'm RDA, I'm like, hey, man, I'm a former champ. I've got a big enough name. They put me in there with a Michael Chandler. All things considered, if we're being honest, the UFC has had a tremendous pandemic, if you will, because this could have happened on every card, right? Like people getting sick, people getting this, people getting that. Bad luck. It just seems like there's bad luck all around the place. Uh, to the best, you know, they, they lost Glover and Tiago a couple of times. They lost the Gilbert Burns fight. But they've they've actually had like they've had some years where you remember there was like a main event falling through almost every week. Yeah, it was crazy. So it was crazy. The main event right now, it's a tough sell. It's uh, Abdul Razak Al Hassan against Chaos Williams. Uh, yeah, the co-main yeah, event, yeah. excuse me. The co-main yeah, event. So that, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know who's gonna jump it's up here. Like, don't laugh. It's like when no, you, you laugh, laugh. You, like, you 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 no, made stop. me laugh. You made it's me stop. laugh. Because when you laugh like that, then I laugh because it's no, contagious. You made me laugh. And then it almost feels like I'm I'm insulting uh yes, chaos insulting. and uh he's a tremendous name, Chaos Williams. I mean he deserves the main event. Chaos Williams me. and you know you notice I said chaos because I don't know the other one and <laughs> I remembered chaos. I was like, oh chaos. uh so we'll see if they are able to figure out uh I think you need to figure out a way to keep RD on the card because he's a name and even if it's against a non-ranked guy, maybe an Alex Hernandez type, uh, you know. We'll, we'll be able to see. By the way, uh, speaking of uh, RDA and Islam, I just wanted to give a quick, we, we talked about him last week and then it's crazy. We talked about him last week and then he popped up in the news. Uh, did you see Kevin Lee's new tattoo? Oh my goodness. This is I the mean, most amazing thing I've ever that? seen. <laughs> I, mean, I love it. It's the insane tattoo I've ever seen in my entire life. I love it. You remember how mad everybody got mad at Mike Tyson for getting one on his face? No, this is Have better. you seen the back of Kevin Lee's head? His whole head. It. Who does that? But Why it's the back of the that? head, so it's less intrusive, right? It's Man, not it's in your face. the back of the head and goes down his neck. Like, I don't know why. I, I, yeah, that was a little bit That was a little bit crazy for me. Could you imagine how bad. bad that hurt? Oh, my God. Especially, so like, right, you, how many tattoos do you have? Uh, I don't know, three, four. Which is the most painful? Probably the one on my calf, honestly, because it was just going apart on that soft part of the skin in the back. That kind of, that, that sucks a little bit. That's why I feel like the back of the neck must have yeah. killed, right? And the needle's like hitting you. If it hits the bone, oh, anytime it goes across the bone, it, it, it sucks, you know? Why do you do that? Hey, this arm was a little skinnier back when I got my first tattoo, so you could actually get to the bone and the meat. That's right. Right now, this is all meat. Right now, this, this big 25-inch, <laughs> this python right here, this python right here is meatloaf. Before when I was a kid, this was just a nice little chicken leg. You know, now this is a meatloaf, a full meatloaf sandwich. Look at me. Look at that. Ooh, look at that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so strong. I can't believe how strong I am. Like, I literally can pop your head. Like that? Like the watermelon? Like Ben Askren does? I, I didn't think that in retirement I could get stronger. But, like, now I'm, like, feeling You've been myself. working out more, apparently. I could see it in your face. <laughs> yeah, working like this. <laughs> Ariel. Ooh. <laughs> that's why my arm's so strong you know like ah just the right hey by the way when's when's the last tattoo how old were you plus like plus like i actually like when ezekiel elliott does that you know he's like feed me like you don't eat like this right oh, he's coming like, back it's like a different direction you know the spoon comes towards the face not back out towards the field come on zeke get it right man <laughs> i hope someone <laughs> makes many gifts out of this moment right here um <laughs> I mean, it's just, I would love for you. We, we can make, we can make a deal one day. You and me get tattoos for the show. You can't be, get a tattoo. I can't get a tattoo. I would break that rule. No, I would break that rule. No. You and me get tattoos. Maybe a big back one like Brock Lesnar had with the skulls and everything. Ooh, just consider that it. That clutch, that clutch. 
<laughs> just consider it. Now, DC, by the way, by the way, uh, last week, uh, some ama- and, and I want you to share one because I'll, I'll tell everyone, you, you told me this story beforehand. This is why I'm bringing it up. But um, I want you to tell everyone this story because it's an amazing story. I didn't even know this about you. So last week, I stumbled upon the fact that it was the, I think, uh, what was it, 26 years or 24 years? Let me look it up. It was when it was uh, November 5th, 1994. Big George Foreman. Why are you so skeptical well, of me? Man, I get very nervous <laughs> when you start doing like, oh, <laughs> man. You it's like good. I get a little nervous. Like, I'm like, where's this guy going with this, man? Like, I don't understand. Okay, go ahead. Finish. November 5th, 1994. Big George. 46 years young, knocks out Michael Moore to become the oldest heavyweight champion in boxing. And I brought this up to you and, and little did I know, I thought I knew everything about you at this point, including your tattoos. I didn't know this story meant so much to you. Tell us oh, the story. Man. I was at Northside High School in Lafayette, Louisiana. You know, like I said, I'm just a kid from the North side of Lafayette. Yeah, that's right. We're at Northside High School. I'm in shop class. Anytime my teacher did movie days, he would show this fight. He was a massive George Foreman fan. And all the kids would fall asleep. Everybody would put their head down on the desk and they would go to bed. I would watch that fight, Ariel, every single time. And in that day, I had started wrestling before. I was like, man, I've got to be doing something combative, right? So for me, combat combats was wrestling. But I knew that it could push me forward, do something in that realm because I wanted to do and be and have those moments like George Foreman. It was uh, obviously I thought it would be an Olympic championship or something like overcoming the odds. But I remember watching and I watched George get beat up by Michael Moore for a long time. And I watched George kind of be a little bit slower. He did not look like himself. His pants are really high up. Uh, notice I always wear my pants really high up. His, pants were, really, his pants were really high up when he was fighting and George is waiting, waiting, waiting. And then boom, boom. It was like in slow motion. Michael Moore goes down. George Foreman is now the oldest heavyweight champion in uh, in the history of boxing, something that won't, it won't happen again. I mean, Bernard Hopkins won a title as he got older. He beat the best boxer in the world on that night. Michael Moore was the heavyweight champion. And um, it was something that stuck with me so much, man. I watched that fight every time. My wow. freshman year, I may have watched that fight seven times in that class. Anytime my teacher decided it was a movie day, he showed the George Foreman versus Michael Moore fight. And what I didn't cool know teacher. why. I can't remember the guy's name. I really can't. It was a tall, tall white guy. You know, he was a shop teacher. Always kind of looked, moved a little bit slow. You know, he was towards the end of his tenure. I think that's why we had so many movie days. Yeah. You know, I think he, he's kind of checking out. Yeah, movie day. I'm like, hey, can we watch the Foreman fight? Can we watch the Foreman fight? Listen, there was a reason he showed us that. Right? Hmm. He showed us that to show you that you could do anything. And um, I believe that's what we learned in that fight. Amazing. And later in life. You got to hang out with Big George. Got oh, the your hands he's the best. Right? I love George. I love George, man. I went. Hey, I went to the, the Houston Youth Center. Who would have thought George Foreman's Houston Youth Center I would have gotten to go to and train at? It's, uh, man, you, the, your life, like you never know what your life is going to turn into. And mine has just been a, a, a fairy tale. And you're kind of like the, the MMA version of George Foreman. I mean, I, was, I wasn't even 40, man. I hey, Physique-wise and age-wise. Hey, 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 at 40, I, I didn't want to fight after 40. So you know what I was like? I'm going to retire at 40. Maybe I should. Maybe I, I think you're not done. I think there's a chance you come back around 45, 46 to-, to 46 to, years old. To pay homage to your childhood hero, Big George Oh, Foreman. my. Could you imagine? What could a you story, imagine? right? What a story. The only way I would do that is if Stipe is still the champion because he'd be just as old as I am. I ain't, nobody wants to fight those young guys. Are you crazy? Okay, so that was a good story. Also, 
anniversary last week of UFC 230, one of the all-time great heavyweight title fights, you versus Derek Lewis at Madison Square Garden. I mean, an instant classic. This was the greatest <laughs> performance. <laughs> how many minutes did you train for that fight, do you think? Like, how many minutes? My like shorts? Let me tell you something. The, the Derek Lewis fight was the first time that my shorts had to be 2X. I never had 2X, but I never had 2X fight shorts. They've always been extra large. Two, uh, I was like, I had to get 2X because they were squeezing my leg so much. I was like, there's no way that I could fight with my, my leg being squeezed so much on the thighs. They called me three weeks before. Hey, DC, this is Mick Maynard, DC. You think you're from Texas, DC. You think you fight Derek Lowe? I mean, this balls is hot. Is uh <laughs> <laughs> You think you want to fight Derrick Lewis? His balls is hot. I was like, wait, what? He was like, yeah, man. He just knocked out Volkov. I was like, Derrick, you sure you ain't going to try to give me Stipe? He was like, got to give me the old yeah. No audibles. No audibles. I'm like, hey, no audibles. The switcheroo. You promise, you promise it's Derrick because I don't want the fight contract to come and it'd be, okay, okay, yes, it'll be Derrick. I said, okay, how much money? They're like, this much? I was like, okay, I'll be there. Three weeks. Three weeks. I remember. I your hand Tiago. was messed up. I said, Tiago, could you come? He goes, Wendy. I said, tomorrow, send me flight, please, brother. <laughs> broken hand? Hey, yeah. broken hand. Had to get, like, I had not broken, but I had, like, bad wrist. Cortisone shot. Boop, boop, boop. Show up at MSG. Hey, I look, got to headline the garden. I For a week, I was the king of New York. I was king of New York for a week. It was the best. Uh, the first time and until now, the only time that the heavyweight title in the UFC has been defended at Madison Square Garden, which is a big deal considering the boxing heavyweight title fights that have happened there. But what about that morning? Earlier that morning, you just glossed over this when old man DC sneezes. <laughs> that was, how bad was that sneeze? That's when I realized the clock was ticking. That's when I realized that the clock was ticking. I'm, I get up to run and, and, and I'm like, I'm, I'm like feeling good because you play tricks on yourself in the morning. I feel so great. My back's not bothering me because remember... Three-week training camp, a little bit heavy. I weighed in like 250-some pounds the first time in my career. Uh, I'm like, I'm, I feel great. I go to the bathroom, sneeze, choo. Go for my morning run. I'm like, Bob, I can't do this. Thank goodness for Heather Linden. She massaged me uh, and everything else for two and a half hours in the middle of the day and then told me lay on a, uh, a hot pack. What are those things called? The heating pack? A little heating yeah, pack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I laid on top of that heating pad for two hours after all that massage, and eventually I got up and I was like, wow, I can I can fight. I almost I almost lost the heavyweight championship without actually fighting. So it was Were you close to pulling out. Bob was like, if this if this doesn't clear up, I hey, 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 I know I said, Bob, chill. If this doesn't clear up by three o'clock, then we're done. You're not fighting. I'm like, Bob, I'm fighting. <laughs> you know how Bob gets, right? I love if your this doesn't clear up by three o'clock, then you're, you're done. I'm like, Bob. 259. I'm like, Bob, I feel great. Like, Are you I'm like, I'm good, Bob. I'm good. Yeah, he was, he was tripping, man. It was, it was crazy, though, man, because you just never know what, what, what's going to happen. But wow. And I mean, I fought, hey, I fought valiantly. I had, to dig, I had to dig deep. I had to dig deep in that night, Ariel. I got punched one time by Derek. Khabib actually sent me a message the other day. He showed me taking Derek down, and he goes, "Brother, you remember this guy punched your eye right here when I, Derek was falling, and he punched my eye like this." He goes, "He punched your eye, brother." I said, "I know," and I had a black eye from one punch. That's how hard Derek Lewis hit. He punched me going down as he was getting taken down, and it literally made my eye just swell wow. up the next day. I love. 
the buildup to that fight was great. It was, you know, the Popeye stuff and he gets the sponsorship and, and, and he felt like you were disrespectful. It was such a bizarre fight, but they made it happen. It was, a I ended up getting, I remember I ended up getting the Carl's Jr. Sponsorship. You did. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> we had a, we had a rivalry built on fast food. It no better. We had a rivalry built on fast food because Derek actually says things like my balls are hot. And yeah. then, I said, Derek, why you want to fight me? He disrespecting the Popeye chicken. It yeah. is deep southern draw, you know. Like, come on, Derek's a man. But uh, listen, and, and, hey, Derek can wrestle now. Thank God I didn't fight him back then because now you can't even hold Derek down when you take him down. Well, we'll find out on November twenty eighth when he fights Curtis Blades. That's coming up very soon. One more anniversary for you. Twenty three years ago today, DC, a fifteen year old Ariel Hawani was high atop. The Molson Center in Montreal, the infamous Montreal screw job happened. I was there. My my fan claim to fame as far as sporting events are concerned. I was there when Vince screwed Brett this, DC. This, this is the craziest. This was the craziest moment. Yes. This may still be the craziest moment in wrestling history. Because Insane. at that point, I understood it's a work. It's a work. Everything I saw in the Blackham Coliseum, everything I saw in the in the arenas, every time I saw WrestleMania, it wasn't real. It was all a work. And then it went off the rails. I mean, Bret Hart takes the, 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 the bell. Remember, he took the bell and he slammed the bell down. Then he spits at Vince and he's drenched in sweat. Shawn Michaels takes the belt and runs out of there as fast as he could. This was the craziest moment. I had ever seen in wrestling, and it was like it was like a train wreck that you can't. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. It was Were you watching live. I watched it on pay per view. Yeah, I, dude. At that point, I bought every single WWE pay per view. It was and, it was and WWF was like, at the time. WWF. I bought every one, and it was insane. But but if you paid close enough attention, right? Like Dave Meltzer, I bet Dave Meltzer knew that something was up because Meltzer would have known the contract was expiring. They weren't going to resign yep. him. He probably knew something was up at the time, but we're all just watching as fans. And it just all went completely bananas, man. It was great. It was confusing in attendance because we didn't have the commentary and it wasn't quite sure. Did he tap? Did he not tap from the sharpshooter? I don't know if you've ever seen the documentary Wrestling with Shadows, but if you haven't, do yourself a favor and watch it today on the anniversary because he had a camera crew. Brett had a camera crew no, following I watched, him. I watched it. Oh, you did? I saw okay, it. phenomenal. Well, anyone out there, Brett had a camera crew following him for a year and talked about the contract and they offered him a 20-year deal and then they rescinded the deal and then he went to WCW. He did this in the crowd. He did the WCW with the fingers. Oh, my 15 years oh. old. And Brett was my favorite athlete as a, as a little kid. I used to, When I would go to the doctor, DC, and, and I would get a shot and I was afraid of the needle, my mom would tell me to close my eyes and think of something that made me happy. And I would think of Bret Hart oh, winning the heavyweight championship. That made me happy and so to see my guy get screwed which ultimately led to i think the wwf turning in its, its fortunes into what it became the attitude era you know the whole thing with yeah. mr mcmahon that was a crazy moment 23 years ago today it's crazy how quickly time and flies he was the best brett was the best brett could really really best wrestle. is best there was he best, was best brett could be. really wrestle but when he went to try to reverse that sharpshooter and the referee jumped in it it, it 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 was it was tv like you never could have imagined. it couldn't happen today Right. That could never happen again today because everybody's so hip to what's going on, man. It was that was that was nuts. Right. was the best. And very quickly, as we round third, uh, shout out to uh, uh, Terrence Crawford fighting this weekend against uh, yeah. Kell Brook. That's a great fight. There's a lot of great programming on ESPN uh, regarding that fight. Uh, our guy, Sean O'Malley, became a dad this weekend, D.C. Really? Sean O'Malley became a dad. Yes. That. How about oh, that? Muzzle tone. And uh, Mark Coleman, your guy, my guy yeah. uh, in the hospital right now. Mm. Uh, suffered a heart attack, so we do wish him the best. 
and a, a very speedy recovery. I know you love Mark. The, yeah, the- you know, and Mark, Mark was feeling strange for hours and hours, right? And that's what we have to recognize as as older people, myself at least. When you when something starts to feel off, you need to really pay attention. And when Mark realized that this isn't going away, he decided to go to the hospital and save his life. So we really pay attention, guys, as you get older, younger, doesn't matter. When things start to feel a little off, call a doctor. I don't know what it is about people that make them not want to go see a doctor. Go see the doctor. Make sure you're good. And luckily, we still get to keep Mark Coleman and have him around for a while. I mean, these guys, Randy Couture, too. Randy Couture was training and had a heart attack. Imagine if Randy and them, or they didn't recognize Randy needs to go see a doctor. We could be without right now Randy Couture and Mark Coleman. That's so sad, right? And, and we're lucky that they're still here. Thank you for that, DC. Uh, by the way, shout out to the 7-2 Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen killing it yesterday. And last <laughs> but not least, <laughs> uh, I, I do want to say it's a sad day in the world of TV and in Canadian history as the great mm-hmm. Alex Trebek, the uh, longtime host of Jeopardy, passed away uh, yesterday due to pancreatic cancer. So a very sad day. Did you watch sad, that show? Sad day. Yeah. You know, and Alex Trebek was a part of our lives growing up, right? For as long as we've been watching television, we saw Alex Trebek. Fun fact, King Mo, the greatest Jeopardy player of all time. Really? I don't know if I've told you this before. No. I've been in, I've been in hotels with Mo whenever <laughs> we're ready to wrestle. And, and the, the people on TV are like, uh, I'll take, uh, outstanding quarterbacks for 400 and they're like and trebek goes this person did it mo's like joe montana but not even like not just sports i'm talking sports because i know sports but like give me famous astronomers for a thousand wow mo's like so and so like he he's the greatest jeff if mo would have ever got the chance to play jeopardy i am 100 certain king mo would win all the money he'd go on like a 10 week streak on jeopardy so i had no idea that's it sad to lose alex trebek hopefully um, you know, his family's doing okay in this, this difficult time. On that note, DC, we are out of time. No, really? That's it, yeah. You want oh, more, right? Come on, this is well, great. Corporate Jake getting very upset. He's like, oh, we gotta go. I got I got a lunch date or something <laughs> he has to get to. I don't know, he's gotta go work out or something. I don't know, DC. I don't call the rules. I don't call the shots around here. I don't make the rules, um, I should say. But I just want to uh, thank you for your time. It's good to have you back in your in your studio over there on the West Coast. And I hope you guys are okay with the uh, the cold front that has hit uh, Northern California. Freezing. I know you're it's very- 35 degrees here. <laughs> it's crazy, it's freezing. Uh, thank you to everyone who continues to rate, download, subscribe, and review. Thank you to all the uh, the crazy YouTube commenters. We, we see you all. We are live right now, so we're gonna go get something to eat um, on this, uh, this lunchtime. And uh, thanks to the whole team who put the show together each and every week. All right, we'll see what happens as far as the UFC main event is concerned this weekend. For now though, we're out of time. For DC, I'm Ariel. Back next week, same time and place. Tell us we're out of here.